0: And to Jesus be the glory and the praise for what he's about to show us through his blessed, wonderful word. How to find the presence of the Lord. That's what I really want to talk to you about. How do we find this blessedness in his presence where we find our peace, our joy, our fulfillment in the presence of Jesus? And more than ever today, we really need to stay, not only find, but stay in the presence of Jesus, our precious Lord. So let's begin with Exodus. We're going to go to Exodus 33, and when you get there, I want to pray that the Lord will really give you that knowledge, because his word is revealed. Precious Jesus, I give you praise for your word, and Lord, I pray you'll reveal that today to your people. How to find your presence, how to find you, and how to stay in your presence. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And God's people said, Amen. So, finding the presence of the Lord is really finding the Lord himself, because he is the presence. So, in Exodus thirty-three thirteen, Moses said, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, Show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. And then God promised, he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give you rest. So when Moses said, Lord, I want to know you, God promised my presence will be with you. So knowing the Lord really is the key. To his presence. And then, you know, we see something so beautiful. In the following chapter, it says, uh, Acts 34, 5, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And then the Lord said, as he passed by and proclaimed, he said, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty. So what God is showing here is his attributes, who he is. So when we talk about the presence of the Lord, we're talking about who is he, who he is. He is, as he said to Moses, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness, abundant in truth keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But then he is just because it says, and that will by no means clear the guilty. So God's presence, when we find the Lord's presence, we will discover his mercy, his grace, his long suffering, his abundant goodness, his abundant truth, and we will find freedom from sin bondage now when the presence of the Lord is found and and you know I'm going to pray that the Lord will give us all a hunger for his for his presence a deep hunger that will just grow and grow and grow in all of us and I pray that for myself all the time frankly so David said in Psalm 86 and I think this is a great prayer to pray ourselves Psalm 86, 11, teach me thy way. That's what Moses asked him. Show me your way, Lord. And David prayed the same prayer. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I prayed that prayer this morning. I said, Lord, put your fear in my heart. I don't trust my own heart. None of us trust our own hearts. So the moment we find the Lord's presence, we also find His truth. The Word of God and the presence of God are united. You cannot know the presence of God with, without knowing His Word, and you cannot know His Word without knowing His presence. You may know the letter of the law without knowing His presence. But you'll never know the truth of the word of God without knowing his presence. A lot of people know doctrine. They don't know the Lord. They know doctrine. Like the Pharisees knew doctrine. They knew the letter of the law. They did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. So it's impossible to know the Lord and his presence without knowing his word. And the other way around. When you know God's presence, real presence, you know his truth, you know his word. David said, teach me your way, O Lord, I will walk in your truth. Psalm 86, 11. I will walk in your truth because I know you now. And then unite my heart to fear your name. In other words, the, the fear of God cannot really fill our hearts without his presence. In our hearts, without His Word in, in in our hearts, and these three are united. When you know the presence of God, you'll know His Word, and when you know His presence and Word, you'll know His fear, His awe. You stand in reverence of Him, in awe of Him. All right, now the greatest desire uh, in our hearts as as believers is to know the Lord. A true born-again believer. If you really want to know if, if somebody is born again, it's it's seeing the hunger in them to know the Lord. Because that is what the Holy Spirit is doing in each one of us. That's one of the signs that we are truly His. That there is a longing to know Him. You know, like Paul said, that I may know Him. That showed the hunger in Him. And the growth in Him. And the walk He had with God. So. If you really want to know if someone is really saved, look at their hunger level to know the Lord. If there's no hunger to know the Lord, they're not saved. They're not saved. Because salvation brings hunger with it to know the Lord. So, and this hunger to know the Lord, this desire to know the Lord is is spiritual. It's not uh, mental, because mental desire looks for benefits. Mental desire looks for benefits. What am I going to get out of it? But really, um, to know the Lord, <clears throat> which is a spiritual force in our hearts, placed by the Holy Spirit, it becomes that uh, that that hunger so great where we want the Lord to have the supreme place in our hearts, to, to have all of our hearts. And so Paul... In Philippians, and I just mentioned that, but let's just go to Philippians 3 and verse 8. and Just see the cry in Paul. He said, ye doubtless, verse 8, I'm going to read verse 8 through verse 10. Ye doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. So I'm willing to lose everything, and I count it all but dung, he says later. That I may know him. He said, let me just read that whole verse. Ye doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Or oh, rubbish. Dung, rubbish. Nothing. All that the world offers us today is rubbish. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. That's the cry of every believer, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto. His death, meaning I want to die to the things of the world and live only unto Him, the Lord. So beautiful and so simple. Now, let me just say a few more things. When the knowledge of God and the desire to know Him in His presence comes into our hearts, it will, it, 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 it will increase. Um, that is something that uh, Paul talks about in Colossians. And, and, and the thing that is happening today that you see among young people that is so beautiful is you see that increase of hunger for the presence of God. I was just speaking at the school, Jesus Image School, where my children, Michael and Jessica, are the pastors. And, and I speak at that school often. I I cannot describe to you the joy I have when I minister to these young people. Oh dear Lord, four hundred young people a few days ago, the hunger in them was so intense. I prayed for nearly all of them at the end of the class. The power of the of the Lord came upon them with such might. The majority of them were on the floor under the, the power of God, which I rarely do you know when, I'm, when, when when I teach, I just teach the word. But last week it just happened to me I was teaching on igniting the gift of the prophetic in them, the gift of prophecy, and then afterwards I prayed, and the, the glory of God just swept across these young people, and you see the hunger in them, the hunger in them. One particular young man named Judah. I was so, so moved by by the intensity, and I saw it on many of them. But you know, some of them, you know, you you have them come on the platform like I did with him and two or three others. And you see the intensity of hunger in these young people. That gives me great hope for our tomorrow, because they hunger for the presence of the Lord. My son-in-law, Michael, was telling me he was just in Seattle, and they had to fill three buildings, from what I heard. And he said, the hunger in the young people, the majority, 80%, were young people. And this is so precious to see today, that our children are hungry for the Lord and for his presence in their life. And that's why I decided today to really teach on this, because it's important to understand. You know, Let's just read Colossians 1.10. It says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing and increasing in the knowledge of God. I don't think we can walk worthy of the Lord. I I don't think we can please him and be fruitful in every good work unless we're growing in the knowledge of the Lord's presence and in his knowledge. And here we are, 2023, February 2023. And you think, you know, you'd see people not wanting this. Instead, it's the opposite. People are crying out now more than ever for the presence of Jesus in their life, especially the young people. It's so wonderful to watch. Now, let me just take you to Psalm 81. And I'm not going to spend too much time with you, but I just need to share a few thoughts with you and, and God's word with you. And, you know, usually we go about half an hour, somewhere else. So, that's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with my time. I can spend a lot you know, a lot longer on this message, but let's just, you know, stay with the half hour and keep going. All that my people, Psalm 81, 13, all that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways, I should soon have subdued their enemies. I think when we know God's God's presence, our, our enemies don't stay long around us and turn my hand against their enemies. Their adversaries, the haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him. But their time, meaning my people's time, God's people, should have endured forever. And he would have fed them also with the finest wheat. That's revelation knowledge. With honey out of the rock, I would have satisfied them. You know, this is so beautiful that when people know the Lord, their enemies don't last long. Because God takes care of of our enemies. And then we see that the haters of the Lord would have, would submit themselves to him. But our time as God's people would endure forever. It will not end. God's blessings, his presence, his goodness to us is is ongoing. And we would and we would receive revelation truth, the finest wheat. And honey, that all speaks about revelations. And you know people say, well, you know, I I can know God through his creation. No, you really really cannot. Because his creation only gives you really as the Bible says in Job 20:26. 20, we 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 only see part of his ways, part of his ways in creation. But the, the the way to know him is by his Holy Spirit. It's the only way to know him. So in 1 Corinthians and and when I say his creation you know, study too includes that. People sometimes are seeking God not only through the beauty of creation, but also through their own hard work and studying and looking and learning. But you really cannot know the Lord like that because it's all mental knowledge. And mental knowledge is always looking, like I said earlier, for benefits. But spiritual knowledge is looking for the Lord. And so in First Corinthians 2, uh, verse 11, it says, For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but by the spirit of the Lord. So we cannot know the Lord without the Holy Spirit. Now we do know and we must remember that God knows you and I real good. In Psalm 139, it says that God is searching us and he knows us. He knows when we're going to stand before we stand, we're going to sit down before we sit down, what we're going to say before we say it. He knows everything about us. And Ezekiel 11, 5 says, God knows every thought in our minds. And so did Psalm 139, where David writes, God knows our thoughts before we even, God knows our thoughts before we think them, and He's known them for all eternity. And then Jeremiah 1, 5 says that God knew us before we were born. <laughs> before we knew ourselves, God knew us. And he knows us today be, way beyond we know ourselves, better than we know ourselves. Now. The minute you start seeking the presence of the Lord, God Almighty begins to treat you differently than he treats anyone else. You become his favorite, basically. When you seek His presence, God pours favor on you that is divine. The Bible says the righteous, uh, Proverbs 12:26, "The righteous is more excellent." than his neighbor. Wow. The righteous in the sight of God is more excellent than his neighbor. But the way of the wicked seduceth them. The way of the wicked, when somebody is wicked, uh, it leads them astray. They can't find the Lord. But those who find the Lord who are called righteous in his sight, are excellent. They have great favor on their life. And we who are his, the minute the presence of God is our greatest desire, one thing that we we will see in our life, which could surprise us, is a great hunger for holiness. That is the result of hunger for God when we hunger for the Lord's presence, we will discover eventually we just want to be holy. We begin to hate sin. We begin to look away from the world. We become very um, determined to find holiness. And that is something that only results from the presence of God in us because when you read... uh, like in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, As he which hath called you is holy, be holy in all manner of conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, I am holy. Wait, I cannot be holy till I know the Holy One. I am going to say that again. I cannot be holy till I know the One who is holy. Till I know the Holy One, the Lord Jesus. And that's a powerful statement. I pray you'll you'll remember that. You cannot find holiness till you know the one who is holiness, who is holy. There's only one person who's holy. His name is Jesus, God Almighty. You know, Catholic people who are love and respect, they like to call the Pope your holiness. I don't like that, I disagree with it. Because no man is holiness, there's only one who is holy. The Lord himself is holy. And I don't want to offend anyone, I just love, I love Jesus too much, okay? And that's just the way I am. Uh, he's my life. And I grew up in a Catholic school and I thank God for what they taught me. And I thank God for what they put in me. Great, great things, I wouldn't be who I am without the upbringing of the Catholic nuns and the Catholic monks that taught me the Bible. But one thing I've always had trouble with is when they call the, the Pope holiness. And later on as I got to know the Lord and his word, I thought, no, no. You don't call anyone your holiness. It's only the Lord himself. And so that's just me talking, okay? I know other people may disagree with me. That's, that, that is fine. But to me, Jesus is everything in our life. And so holiness is the result of knowing the Lord Himself. So I can't obey this What it says, be holy as I'm holy. And how interesting that verse 16 says, be holy because I am holy. Which means we know we need to know the I am before we, we can live that kind of life. Now, one thing that I, I really need to say here before I close. We do not belong to the world. The minute that you and I uh, begin living this Christian life. God really puts in us a desire to separate ourselves from the world completely. It says, follow peace with all men, but you're not a part of the world. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. But how powerful in 1 Corinthians 15 we are told very powerfully and very, very clearly to not be a part of this world, to, to separate ourselves from this world because they can, re, they can pollute us. They can remove from us the very desire to know the Lord because it says in 1 Corinthians 15, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So when you're around people who are evil and they talk evil, it can pollute your life. And we all know what 2 Corinthians 6 uh, 14 through 18 says. And and I'm I'm troubled today, to be honest with you, because I see some pastors who are in fellowship with other religions. And that is not in the word of God. That's actually against the Bible. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians uh, I'm reading chapter six, verse fourteen. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath the, he that believes with an with an, with, with, with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk in them, I'll be their God, they'll be my people. And then we have the the command, wherefore, verse 17, come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch the unclean things, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. I love it, says God Almighty. Now, a warning from Proverbs. I I I would like you to read this with me. And pay attention to it because it's it's a very, very amazing, uh, warning. So let's go to Proverbs 25. Now read verse 26, and it says this: A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. Please notice the words a righteous man who's walking with God if he falls away from the Lord falling down before the wicked becomes a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring meaning that one who stops walking with God if he goes back to the old ways if he goes back to his old friends will become like a cloud like a clouded fountain clouded with sin, clouded with filth, and he'll not see his way back to God. Please listen to me. I beg of you. When someone is walking with the Lord and has found the presence of the Lord, but he he or she allows the old friends to come back or old habits to come back or allows uh, other people to come and pollute him, who are not living for the Lord. Even those who say they're Christians, but they're not living really like they ought to be. And they come and they start polluting their heart that's pure before God. Now that that, that individual's heart becomes clouded, foggy with sin, with the world. And it gets so foggy, they cannot find their way back to the Lord. Because now they don't know how to, how to find their way back to the Lord. So that verse, I want you to actually memorize it. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain, as a corrupt spring, meaning clouded with dirt. And now they can't find their way back. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to, to place within you such a divine desire to know him and know his presence. And to protect you. Lord. In the name of Jesus. I pray. And I believe for everyone listening to me. And watching. That you'll put in them a divine hunger. By your Holy Spirit to know you. A divine hunger to know your presence on this Monday. Lord God let this happen. And protect them. And keep them walking with you. And protect them from. Pollution. Protect them from pollution. The pollution of the world. In the mighty name of Jesus, I give you all the praise. Amen and amen. Years ago Rex Humbard prayed over me and I remember his prayer. Lord protect Benny from pollution. And I pray that for you today that God will protect you from the pollution of the world. Please share this teaching with your friends. This is so important, especially now. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. If this teaching has blessed you, I, w- I, w- I want to keep coming back to you. Tomorrow I want to talk about worship in the Spirit. Worship in the Spirit and the amazing change it will bring to your life. You're going to be really blessed tomorrow as I talk to you about worship in the Spirit. Make sure to join me. And now would you give to the Lord's work? Would you sow your seed, your financial seed, so I can keep doing what God has called me to do? And soon I'm going to start monthly Zoom services from the studio, and we're building some additional things here that uh, we we already told you about. So as you sow and help us, we'll do this. But even if you're not sowing just to help us finish the studio and complete it, to do more with it, just give so God can bless you. Give so the Lord can reward you financially and protect you and your family. And we give because we love him. We, we love his word. And give today so I can continue coming to you continually and daily. Thank you again for your love and your support and your prayers. All right. You can give right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, which I've told you is the simplest way to give. That's benihin.org. Or you can simply text also on your phone, BHM45777. And I'll see you tomorrow for another wonderful teaching on worship in the spirit. You're going to love it. Bye-bye.